they'll be fine. <laughs> they'll be just fine. We live a block away from the school. They're not going to die. Why does it do that? Oh, what is happening? So your husband picked up the kids? No, they're going to walk. Oh, they're going to walk? <laughs> yeah, we're a block away, like, literally. And we live in a... Do I, you pick them up usually? When it's cold and snowy, I will. But they're boys. They need to get tough. <laughs> they better get over it. That's, you have five boys? I, no, no, ma'am. No, just the youngest three are boys. Oh, okay. Yeah, the youngest three are boys. And um, uh, the, I have two 13-year-olds. Um, one is my stepson. I hate that we can't meditate because the room is taken. Well, technically, we could just sit here and meditate. I was about to but... say, we could, yeah, why is there a different um, setup, a different ambiance? Well, it's a whole meditation, meditation room, room with oh. the gong and, like, the whole setup is just so serene and oh. it's just prepared for, for the... peace and joy. <laughs> This room, um, though simple, I just don't feel like you don't feel it. Yeah, you and, know. Yeah, exactly. well, you can't fake it if you don't feel it. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. So, do you have a meditation room at home? I do not have a meditation room at home. What I have is a meditation area, though. Same so thing. Yeah. I. Um, Right next to my bed, I have my dresser, which has Buddha, a big kid of Buddha sitting on top. And no, I'm sorry, not Buddha. Um, gosh, what are those? It's like the Tibetan, like the. Um, it might be Buddha. What am I talking about? I was supposed to say it's Yo, it dresser, probably, Kelly, you should know what it is. It, I know, right? <laughs> but because you look at it every day. I don't, yeah. So it's, okay, so it's a statue of somebody that I should care a lot about, okay? So that's what it is. <laughs> Shit. I don't fucking know. And Okay. And it has, like, uh, my my beads, my prayer mm-hmm. beads and all of that stuff set up. And then I have all these rocks and crystals. Um, some rocks people have given to me cause they know that I like them. And mm-hmm. then some I've just found at different rock places, mm-hmm. um, that I collect and they're just all around it. And then I have, my daughter bought me like this. It's kind of like a bell where you hit it and it keeps ringing and it kind of oh, goes really? out on its own. Okay. Yeah. I forgot the exact name of it. I know what you're talking medicine. about. Yeah. Though. So I have that laying right there and, and then I have my candle um, which I am so excited about this new candle I just ordered. Like, <laughs> so I, you know I have multiple sclerosis, right? Right. All right. And so this lady in New York partnered up with Nas, mm-hmm. and they have this thing called "We'll We're Illmatic." Mm. Yeah, and it's like we're ill, like mm-hmm. we're sick, but we're sick as hell. Like right. we're not stopped right. because of this illness. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm summing that up, of course. This is not <laughs> this is not a sponsorship for right. them because I don't know <laughs> if that's even like the motto. That's what I got from it. That's dope, though. Yeah, isn't it? And yeah. so they have this big candle with like it says "sick," uh, but "sick not sick" mm-hmm. on like one side, and right. it's like what and and so that's like the meditation candle. That's is, dope. I know, right? It's and so yeah, and then I have a um. So you have an area, a dedicated space. Yeah, I have a stool. And that's, that's dope. I did just explain like three minutes worth of my meditation space and you just asked me if I had one. I was like, yeah, no, let me explain (laughs) to you what this place looks like. (laughs) Yeah, but I want to be able to visualize it because I don't have a space to meditate. Yeah, so I have like that little little area and um, I put pillows down because my... Even though I have the stool, it's not comfortable yeah. for my knees. Mm-hmm. So um, I ran a lot in high school, and my knees is shot. They ain't good for nothing. I know, right? They ain't shit. <laughs> Man, I miss my fucking knees. Ugh. Me too. <laughs> you know, after knees. you take a lot of weight off your knees, you got to build them back up. That's one of the things that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah strengthen them oh and stuff. Oh, my God. You got to strengthen everything. You think that you're strong because you've been carrying all that weight, and you're not. Wow. Ain't that crazy? That, that can mean crazy. so many different things. You think that you're strong when you're carrying out a lot of weight. And then you drop the weight and you're still not strong. Oh, that is so profound. When you yeah. just said that could mean a lot of things, I got I, I on that, on that other it. level. Yeah, you got it. I it, got it, it. It, it. Yeah. Because sometimes we think because we've been through so much, we carry all of the burdens of other people that that makes us strong. But yeah. it's the fact that we're carrying those burdens in the first place. Yep. That That's makes it. us weak. That makes us weak. Yeah. And we think that when we get rid of all these burdens that now all of a sudden we are this uh, 
bionic, this this big ball of strength. And it's like, no, now you have to condition yourself and get yourself back to a healthy place yeah. because it's not what you think it is. And it's a forever building process. Oh, yeah, it's always, a, you know, every day you, it gets easier I mean, it, it doesn't get easier. You get stronger. You get so stronger. it feels like it's easier, but Absolutely. it's not. It's just that you built up the momentum at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it is what it is. I love that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's just nothing left to say. Sometimes Kelly will say it anyway. Sometimes there's just nothing left to say. I want to thank our sponsors, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both. Hey, 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 what up, y'all? It's your girl, Kelly. Uh, And you're tuned in to Kelly Talks, the podcast. And I am your host, Kelly Howard. And I just wanted to say thank you all from the bottom of my heart. Whether you listen or you listen, rate, and share. I appreciate you all the same. Um, I'm excited to see the love and support I get from the YouTube version of Kelly Talks, which is now out. Yeah. So go and subscribe, watch and share. This has been one hell of a journey. And in the last month, I've gotten so confident at just doing exactly what I want to do and caring whether or not it works, like just fucking doing it. Uh, I feel like we can either fall in the trap of trying to make something perfect and therefore never getting it right according to our standards. And this keeps us stagnant and paralyzed. And then one day it's too late and we're dying (laughs) and we can be that person or just put out anything and we give no shit about the quality or the efforts of it. And then then it's just constant shit projects that's being spewed out. Um, There must be a balance. And anyone that have been tuning in regularly know that I'm all about balance. So to avoid the shoulda, woulda, couldas, I'm adapting the attitude of the millennials, like I said on last week's episode, just do it, but with purpose. Uh, This has been my new way of thinking and looking at things Am I doing it with purpose? I've been working with intentions for the last two months and knowing why I'm doing something changes the outcome every time, hands down. If I'm doing a showcase because a friend asked me to, it's a different intention than if I'm doing a showcase because TV executives will be present. Like that's a completely different performance. Um, So what are your intentions when you start a new goal or a new project? Are you doing it because you want to be rich, famous, liked, revered? Like why? Why are you doing it? Even with parenting, I've had to step back and look at my intentions. Sometimes we parent from a standpoint of protection, but are what we are what we're trying to protect our kids from real things to be mindful of, or are they our fears? that we're protecting them from, which is not realistic. Times are changing and parenting with intentions to protect your children from adversities you faced may not be realistic in today's time. I talk so heavy about intentions and the reasons why we do what we do because as artists, our intentions is closely related to how well we do in regards to our art. When you create for yourself or for a loved one that is deceased is different than when you create for popularity. Uh, your, your emotions are tied to it in different ways. We're going to chat a lot about intentions today, but mainly we're going to hear what drives comedian actress Corey Bell to be her best self at all times. What are her intentions? Uh, you can catch her on True TV's Laugh Tracks, and you can hear her now in the studio with me because she's here. Hey, hey, Corey. Hey, y'all. Hey, girl. Hey, that was a mouthful right there. <laughs> right. Blah, 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 blah. I started looking around like, who's she talking about? <laughs> Jesus. Is she intentionally saying that? Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about intentions, girl. That's funny. That's um, Thank you so much for having me. This, yeah. I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored. Thanks for being here. Like, I just learned so much about you (laughs) in probably the last 10 minutes. I had no idea what we were coming into in this conversation. I think this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. We're going to open up. We're going to talk about some stuff. We're going to... Yeah, I, I think we're we vibing. We vibing. We We vibing. We totally vibing. First, tell me, how was um, the Laugh Tracks? How was that performance? Oh, man. Laugh Tracks... um, was absolutely amazing. It was my first um, experience, my first TV experience, uh, my first 
uh, L.A. working experience. Um, I, I think it's probably been about 25 years since I've been to L.A., so I was like a kid. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, because I'm only 26. Um, so, <laughs> so um, one. Yeah, I was one, yeah, <laughs> mm, for this purpose. But it was, it was uh, an amazing experience. It's something different than um, when you go to L.A. to pursue your dream and when L.A. sends for you. Yeah. It's oh, a God. much different. It's a totally different wavelength. It's a different emotion attached oh, to it, too. It's oh, like you have God. this eager, like, I, I need it, I need it, I need it when you going out there for yourself. Yeah. But when they sent for you, it's almost as if like, you yeah, have like this, okay. like this I'm ready yeah. kind of attitude. And yeah. it, it really was an experience. And I'll give a short story. I was... um. You know, not I wasn't used. I wasn't acclimated. You know, a lot of my friends are acclimated to the L.A. life, and they're there. And uh, I was on the set, and I was super humble, and I was super quiet. And they were like, you know, you can be okay, and you're fine. And I was like, I'm good. And we go, go out to the trailer for breakfast, and there's all this fruit there. And I was like, dang, they got apples and oranges. All I wanted was a peach. And there was a guy standing behind me that I didn't see said, uh, Comedian Corey Bell wants uh, wants peaches. We need somebody to go to Trader Joe's. And this guy shot off down the street. Oh, my God. And it was at that moment that I was like, the power is right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I tried it again later on. Like, um, if there's cocaine anywhere around, why is there no <laughs> Cocaine never showed up, but no, I'm joking. I but thought it was, I was promised a Bentley right, right here in this parking no spot. There is no bag of money and red <laughs> bottoms. Seriously, I didn't ask for much. No, it didn't work. But I mean, just the fact that they knew my name mm-hmm. um, and they were okay to cater to my needs yeah. was amazing. And it, it it kept me in the spirit of as long as I keep working hard and producing amazing content, I can always have this feeling. So that is one moment that stuck in the back of my head. Because wow. I got kids and a husband, so ain't nobody really running to get me nothing. I'm always, you know, right. running. So to be able to say that, and, and it was a genie behind me, and I was like, Oh, okay. This That's life. what this feels like. All right. I think I got it. You know so. what? I, I actually had kind of that moment with uh, not necessarily fame, but just today I got a check in the mail from SAG, right? Oh, come on. Right. And I got an email yesterday from my agent saying you have a check-in from Comcast from mm. a commercial I did like two years ago. Yeah. And and they still like hundreds and thousands of dollar checks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? This is the life I need to be living because it's this just checks it. just come in the mail for That's shit that I, I did that I don't even years remember ago, about. right? That I don't even remember. Like, oh, that? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, then. Yeah, see, I'm trying to get there. I was like, That's this life. Yeah. This is the life I need right here. That's funny. So you say you have kids and a husband. How many kids oh, do you have? Yes, I have five amazing children. My daughters are 21 and 19, and my boys are 13, 13, and 10. No, they are not twins. Yes, you are right now in my personal business looking at me like that. <laughs> no, I have a 13-year-old stepson, and then my son's 13, and then 10 years old. Nice. My yeah. daughter and uh, my husband's daughter are the same age, too. Really? Yeah, oh, both... yeah. It makes for good babysitting purposes. I'm telling you. They, they watch babysit each, each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they get on the nerves of the 10-year-old. It works. Wow. It works, yeah. Yeah, and not only that, I feel like, it, to me, it makes it easier when, they, when they're when they going through stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like, emo, like emotional stuff. They have each other to, to converse with versus yeah. necessarily me trying to figure out how to talk to yeah, them. Yeah, because they never talk to me. They just will all band together. <laughs> They'll, they'll go to their sisters, though. Like, the, the boys will go to their sisters, and the girls will kind of go to each other. And then, if, and then if they can't figure it out, they'll go to their dad. That's it. That's kind of the order. Now, you got five kids. How did you get into stand-up with five kids? Uh, if you have five kids, that is stand-up. That, in <laughs> that is stand-up. stand-up. Um, but what did you find the time? That's Because stand-up is a time-consuming thing to get good really, at it. you really, got to be on stage, it, like, every night. Yeah, it really is. And I thank God that I have a well-oiled uh, machine. Um, my nice. husband, who is an entertainer, he's a drummer. Um, so he has uh, been on the road, R&B. Um, he's done smooth jazz, so he's traveled around the country. So he kind of understands the entertainment life. He understands the nightlife. He understands the fact and that— And he supports it. Exactly. That's yeah. And because he understands it, he knows the late night. So he just kind of kicks in. Um, and that's one of the unique things about my marriage is we don't really have that whole gender role— in my house. My ah, husband, we don't either. He no. does all the cooking. My husband cooks. He does the laundry. <laughs> yeah. I like to cut the grass and I like to shovel snow. And yes. people look at us crazy, but it is what it I is. I love it. You know, so it works. That unconventional, it works for me. You know, now I ain't changing no tires. I will if I have to. 
but that's really what it is. My support system at home is really strong. My children understand um, because I talk to them. I'm, I'm very transparent when it comes to what I do um, because I want them to be proud of me, but I also want them to know the sacrifice. So they get it. That's powerful. Did you come from a two-parent home? No, ma'am. No? No, ma'am. You know my daddy. Uh-uh. Oh, me neither. Okay. All right. So that's two of us. That's two of us that don't know this rule. I okay. felt like that question was a setup. I looked at you and I was like, you if I answer it. this, this is going to be bad. But I couldn't help myself. I had to blurt out the answer. Like, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't come from a two-parent household. And I don't come from um, a big family where fathers were in households. Okay. Um, so that... You saw a lot of single mothers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which um, was a blessing and a curse for me because it was a blessing because I knew that by any means necessary, I had to be the superhero for my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was a curse because it was hard for me to learn that whole submit and obey thing yeah. because I'm so headstrong and I, you know, to be able to... That's hard and, and that's what I struggle yeah. with right now in my yeah. marriage. It's like you got to compromise and allow him to be... To, to, to be, allow those those quote-unquote societal gender roles to be what they are sometimes mm-hmm. because it's embedded in the way that they think yeah. and the way that they feel mm-hmm. because of the way that society has made things. Absolutely. Yeah. And we are like, uh, no. No, I don't want to do it. We're not doing it. <laughs> my, there are certain things that my husband will say to piss me off, and he knows that one of the things that he says is, this conversation is over. Oh. <sighs> I do that to my husband actually. Um, That's reversed. I'll be like, oh. I don't want to. I said, I don't want to discuss this right now. We are not in a place where this can be discussed in a manner where we're going to resolve anything. And oh, I no. will walk away, honey. My, when my husband says this conversation is over, that means that there has been a funeral and a repast for whatever this topic is, <laughs> and we are not revisiting it <laughs> ever. We, we just had that conversation about a dog because I've been wanting a dog for so long. So you can't talk about it again ever. I mean, I, I'll throw some slick shit out every now and then, <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, we don't talk about it. Oh man, yeah, and that's hard for me because I. I, again, I'm headstrong. I am yeah. a dominant female. And you know, even with being in comedy, we have to be faster than them. We have to be louder than them. We have to be more quick-witted than them. We have to, you know, come uh, earlier, stay later, be- just because of who we are in this male-dominated field. So it's the same way with me at home, Yeah, you know? Um, and at when it comes to my husband, I have to get to a point where I had to get to a point where I trust him enough to be submissive. That means I have to trust him enough to lead me. Yeah, you know, and that was really, really hard for me. It works now. Are you really? Are you spiritual? Uh, yeah, I am Christian. Um, you know, I am uh, not super holier than now and, and passing out in the church, but yes, I do. I I believe in God. I you know I trust. I pray. Um, when well, I well, just I just know being submissive is a huge Christian thing. Yeah, it's like to the man. You yeah, know, you submit to your husband, and and I just was never able to get on board with that. I was like, <laughs> When this I tell no you, even when we said it in our vows, I was like, submit and oh, obey. <laughs> and, a, and the whole church just went up. They were like, shh. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, like I said, but my husband is not one of those guys that is like, this is what it is. This is the rule. Not you know? so rigid. Yeah. Oh, willing to, no. willing. And that's, that's it. Like, my thing is, I can. I feel like any marriage, any relationship, any partnership can work. Yeah. If both parties are willing, that's all it takes. Willing is to compromise willing. and not change. Yeah. Because you didn't meet me to change me. You met me because you like who I am. But there are certain aspects that we have about each other that we would want to compromise. And that, we're, we're ever changing. So yeah. if you love me, then you're changing. With you're, you're, you're understanding that mm-hmm. I am changing as well mm-hmm. because this is just what we do as we grow yeah, as you grow as or you you're grow. not growing or you're not growing exactly or you're not growing you that that whole term stuck in their ways yeah i get it yeah so yeah i i absolutely agree and if me and my husband can make it then girl look <laughs> let me tell you you think you learned a lot of your strength from your mom oh yeah my mother um was the oldest mm-hmm. um of 10 and it's like Madea and Andrew Dice Clay, if you could kind of put them two together, wow! That and 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 put a little bit of Care Bear in there. That that, <laughs> that was my mother. Like she was super duper fun, but she was the strength. She was the backbone. You didn't play with my mama. She was like Vera from Harlem Night. She was in charge of the girls. That was my mother. Your yeah. mother is deceased. Yeah, she uh, passed away January of last year. Oh, recent. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. 
So did she ever get a chance to see you do stand-up? No, she did not. And it's really weird because my mother was sick for a very long time. Okay. And, um, like, right around my birthday, my birthday's in December, and I always throw this crazy party. I throw a... Um, offensive t-shirt party every year for my birthday (laughs) (laughs) and my mother would have fit right in with that That that's right when is your birthday december 29th december 29th yeah so it's right after christmas so it's always a really fun did you just say that Mm -hmm. before i said that did you say that no you didn't tell me your date already no okay i'm like did she just say that and i missed it no sometimes that happens no (laughs) okay go ahead no but i knew that um my mom had been in and out of the hospital um, and she had been planning to come to my birthday party. And like two days before my party, she said, um, no, the day before she said, well, I guess I'm not going to make it to your birthday party. And I said, well, mom, why are you not coming? And she said, well, I don't really have anything to wear. <laughs> and I said, well, mom, it ain't a big deal. I mean, we'll we'll live stream it, you know, and, and, and you can watch it on face, you know, on Facebook. Not a big deal. I knew that she didn't want to tell me that she wasn't feeling well uh-huh. and that she was tired. Right. Um, she had been tired for a very long time and she held on for us yeah. because she was because we were selfish. Because my mother was, she was that person, Mm -hmm. you know. So um, I knew what it was and I had made peace with it. Um, So it it was a big thing, but it wasn't. Because like I said, I understand. And I think uh, it was two, maybe about 10 days after that is when she passed away. Mm -hmm. um, Really suddenly. Um, But yeah, she was, my mother was fun. She was a very well-known fashion designer in the 80s here in Chicago. Wow. Yeah, when I grew up, we did not wear uniforms. She made all of our clothes. I was on the runway at like age three. I can remember back that far. That's pretty dope. It was super dope, um, except for when you want to wear stuff that your friends are wearing. She was like, no, I can make one better. I'm like, I don't want that. My grandma made all my clothes, too. Oh, why they do that to us? Well, she made a lot of my clothes, but then all the other stuff she bought from Ventures or Kmart. Absolutely. Ventures and Zares. Zares, yeah, yeah. Yep, and Goldblatt's. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. Your shoes come on the bungee cord, too? Like you had to dive in the (laughs) bin and find the other one? Yeah, that that was me. That That was was me. Yeah. So my mom was an amazing person and she taught me things um, that I'll never forget that I teach my daughters. Like whenever you leave the house, she would always tell us whenever you leave the house, I don't care what you look like, what you have on, always walk out the house like you're going somewhere. And then people with no intentions won't approach you. Mm -hmm. If you look like you have somewhere to go. It intimidates those that are not on that level. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. My mother is the reason why I stay in heels. Interesting. Ain't that crazy? Nice. Yeah, girl, I hate heels. That's really? amazing, though. I wish I would have had that mama to tell because uh-huh. I swear I hate my heels. Oh, I, I stay in heels. I do you like to. them? I do. Oh, see, I hate I hate them. I do. I like them, and I don't know if I grew up liking them, and maybe that was it. But, but if you was on the runway, you probably, wore, you know what I mean? Way. You probably wore them, and just was, it was a part of your life. Mm-hmm. Gym mm-hmm. shoes was a part of my life, so oh, I just no. really hate having my mama to do anything outside of gym. <laughs> heels and skirts and dresses because she made them all. Oh, this would look good on you. Come here, put this on. Put them shoes on. All right, go to the store. And I'm mean, like, what? okay, whatever. I think I got lazy ankles. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think it's because they just you don't want to work. You were a runner. I think that that's oh, what it yeah, is. Oh, yeah, that might and have a lot to do with it, too. You laced up your sneaks often. Exactly. Not me. I wasn't running up nothing but a telephone bill, child. <laughs> no, ma'am. Mm-mm. So now in this comedy game, you say that your mother is your number one inspiration to keep going, huh? Yeah, man, because my mother, a lot of stuff that I grew up doing, um, like I said, I learned from my mother. My mother was super hilarious. Um she just didn't take no mess. Yeah. Like, either you, you know, everybody was good and peaceful, but if she had to be the peacemaker, you didn't like it. So um, a lot of my comedy comes from that kind of stuff. Um, her um, ability to be the problem solver and then turn around and make you love her. And, you know, she just wore all of these different hats. And mm-hmm. I always wanted, to, because I'm the baby, so I always wanted to be the one to impress her. You know, so she's always been my motivation because she she always supported me. Yeah. Where you going now? Where you going out to now? Oh, you're getting on the plane now. And she was like, all right, that's good. I see you. You know what I'm saying? So she was pretty dope. My mom was dope. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing, too, to ha- to come from a one-parent household and have that type of support and then to get married and have that kind of support and be able to sustain a good marriage. Because a lot of the times when we don't come from it, we just don't know how you to... Don't 
you, to work it out. You, you just don't, don't know. You don't. <laughs> so, and, and you keep doing a lot of stuff. And you're like, well, this is the way I want it to it's be. All but I that's, know. And that's not okay. That's not an okay excuse. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, the very first time my husband and I were to, uh, we were uh, in a, in a, um, one of our apartments together. I think it was either our first apartment or our second apartment. And um, I was making him dinner. And um, I made him dinner, and he wanted salad. No, he wanted macaroni is what it was. He wanted macaroni and cheese. It was a busy day, so I made some chicken, and I made him some macaroni and cheese, but it was out the box. And he came in, and he was like, my mama don't make mac- box macaroni and cheese. And I was like, well, my mama said that box macaroni and cheese is all right if you put this in it. And so now we're having this battle of the moms. And then he turns around and goes in the refrigerator and grabs a bag of salad. And I said, oh, my mother cuts up all fresh vegetables. And so, like, it was this big. (laughs) We are crazy about our mamas. He and I both. And it's like, I'll pull that out. Anytime that he starts cooking, I'll be like. My mama said, don't burn them ribs. Like, you know, like, I, we just will go at it about our mom, so. That's beautiful. Yeah, she, it's pretty It's pretty dope. Our moms are dope. His yeah. mother is just like my mama. Same thing, except she's compact. She gets this little bitty person with all of this personality, baby. And that's cool that she's still around. Yeah, that's she's amazing. pretty dope. To be in your life. Um, so now, to shift gears a little bit, you recently lost a lot of weight right true that true that mm-hmm. how did did you do that how did you go about all right so right now i'm what they what i like to call Corey 2.0 <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is the remix this is the remix after 38 years and and all these children and my husband and everything that i've done i am um taking my body back. I'm taking everything back. Only thing I can't get rid of is the stretch marks, okay? And whoever comes up with that, I'm nominating them for the Nobel Prize. Oh my God, there's so much bullshit out here too. Strivecta and all these other ones that I've paid hundreds of dollars oh my God. to try to remove my stretch marks. It's and now, one. you know what has worked the best? Cocoa butter. Self-love, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, that's, that's too, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> I was it. like, I got them. They're here. I have kids. So what? And that's what it Period. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had two cesareans. One cut this way. One cut right. that way. Look like a cross on my thing. Like, I'm right. like, that's forget it. That's what I it. said, man. Listen, yes. at this point, and we already got our husbands, which means... Right. It's my whatever. stretch marks I love. It, it is what it is, right? We keeping these tiger stripes. But yeah, I um basically what happened was I was almost three hundred pounds and um I had an aha moment performing in Jamaica for this festival that I do every year. Um I was recording my 30-minute special on the beach, and it was beautiful, and they had built the stage, and I had all of this, and I was so big that my equilibrium, my balance was off. It took me a while to get up the stairs. My set was kind of off, and I was like, oh, I recovered at the end, and then when they gave me the footage, I pretty much didn't recognize myself. Oh, wow. I did not. I, I, it was like you, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a comedian, you are a friend. You do all of these things and you lose you. And so I hadn't really seen me. I mean, I see myself in the mirror when I'm putting everything on. But to be on the outside looking in, I was like, oh, y'all can destroy all of that footage. I never saw that footage again, and it was at that very moment that I decided I was going to lose the weight. And I had tried everything um, and ended up in the end ultimately having um, gastric sleeve surgery. Now, what makes that different from now, gastric bypass? Yeah, now, so there's a difference. Gastric bypass means they literally bypass your stomach um, and go, um, your uh, your di- your digestive system will bypass your stomach and go right into your intestines, um, causing you to lose weight uh, very rapidly, almost like a ski slope. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see a lot of times, you see people who have gastric bypass surgery, they lose a lot of weight really fast and they start it like their skin is pulling and their face looks long. Um, whereas gastric sleeve surgery um, is I still have my stomach, but they take about 75% out of, and, of, of stomach. my stomach. And, and they make it into like a little sleeve, basically. And so because of that, I lose weight in stair steps. So I'll lose some and then I'll stall and then I'll lose a little bit more and then I'll stall, which allows my skin to kind of keep up um, so that it's not kind of, you know, and it's and I don't lose as much weight as a a person who would qualify for uh, gastric bypass. So you Um, didn't qualify for that? No, no, I didn't qualify for it. I mean, I could have had it. I wasn't, I was considered morbidly obese, but it wasn't enough. How much did you weigh in total? I, um, I was 200 and 
94 pounds. Did you, were you a big kid coming up Mm-mm. in high school and stuff? Nope, but I had uh, 11 pound babies. Wow. Yeah, my daughter, my my youngest daughter was 10 pounds, 13 ounces, 22 inches. I had one of my daughters was 9 pounds, 8 ounces, like 19 inches. Like I had big kids. Wow. And then even after my girls, it was really my boys that the weight that I kept. Mm-hmm. My boys and, and all of the love because my husband will mm-hmm. say, let's eat chicken and Chinese food. Let's have <laughs> pizza and lasagna because we love each other. And then he'll be like, babe, we got to go work out. And we work out for 10 minutes and he'll be like, baby, you deserve a piece of chocolate cake. You sweat so good today. <laughs> he was killing you. Girl, we was, he was killing us, girl. We was both in love. Like, hey, you want cake? I want some cake. And so, and so. Did after, he also lose weight? Um, He is. One of those, if you know men, one of those, uh, if I just lose my stomach, I'm going to be good. Because he does work out. So he has really big arms. Like, he's not um, a big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it works for him. But now he's in the gym. The smaller I get, the more he want to go into the gym and turn into a damn transformer. <laughs> I was like, dude, in a minute, you're not going to be able to put your arms down. Can we, like, kind of <laughs> lay off of it? But it really was, gastric sleeve surgery was, uh, it changed my life. Um, I had it September of 2016, um, and by May, I had lost about 90 pounds, about 85 pounds. And um, So when you had the surgery, mm-hmm. you didn't walk out, like, it, 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 um, just, it just took a couple months for you to even start losing weight. No, no, no. I started losing weight immediately only because when they shrink your stomach, if your stomach is only so big, mm-hmm. you can only put so much in at a time. So for the very first first eh, let's say two or three weeks I probably had was able to eat about this much food at a time which is like a cap full um I was eating it out of like the medicine cups for about a week because that's all you can get you literally and you was full oh yeah oh yeah Damn. I never <laughs> two weeks out we went and had uh hooters I had one flapper and I felt like I had eaten Thanksgiving dinner and that's the part that's hard for people to get adjusted to. Like, I feel full. I wasn't like, oh, my God, I just want three more. I was like, all right, I'm good. But everybody else would look at you funny because they're like, how is that possible? Right. And then they would pick, you know, I would have friends that would pick pick at me and go, well, here, I'm going to order me a burger. Here, you want a piece of lettuce? Or you want that? Like, they would make, and it's like, now you're irritating me. because, And I get it. You don't really understand. Wow. You know, so... Um, even now, being that I'm at my goal weight, I'm down a hundred and let's say a hundred and two pounds. Uh-huh. Um, I still in a sitting am only able to eat about six ounces total. Wow. Yeah, that's it. I eat six ounces um, and I don't drink when I eat. I can drink as much as I want before, but I cannot eat while I'm dr- uh, drink while I'm eating. And I can only drink maybe about an hour after. It's wow. a different life. It really is. You literally retrain yourself how to eat, what to eat. And when you're a bariatric patient, you eat high protein. Um, there, and v- there are even certain vegetables that I don't eat. I don't eat broccoli. Um, I can't have corn. Why can't? Well, corn shouldn't nobody eat. That shit isn't. <laughs> it's not healthy. Our I body love doesn't. Corn, it is no. delicious, but our body doesn't process it, and it's a high inflammatory. Like I have an MS. I've noticed that corn is the devil. Really? In my life, like it seriously is. And I love cornbread. I love cornbread. Like that is my favorite oh food. My Little, oh my god! Drenching butter, putting it in the oh, microwave oh. on thirty seconds, make yes. it real hot. Mm. Bitch, what? Yes. Girl, don't get me started. Yeah, but, but you can't have it. <laughs> but I can't have it. I can't have it. Not that, because that mm. corn. Yeah. But why I, can't you eat broccoli? Um, broccoli um, is just one of those foods because I don't have um, certain enzymes anymore because I, you know, just the size of my stomach, it doesn't break it down. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you know how I feel about cauliflower. Cauliflower is Caucasian broccoli, so you don't eat cauliflower either. <laughs> um, yeah. It, you, you, you just, my body just don't eat it. Wow. So, I mean, I love it. It, it literally has changed my life. Um, if I had the only regret that I have is not doing it eight years sooner. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's different. My what whole are, life are there is any different. side effects or anything? Not really. The only side effect that I have is um, because I only eat so much, um, I only eat every couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm on a comedy run where we're doing two, three shows a night and I forget to eat, 
or I don't stop and eat, I'll try to get it all in and I can make myself sick. Now, while I don't give it back, um, it's like... When you say give it back. Like puke. I, I'm not a... I don't oh. throw up. I don't do any of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't do that. As opposed to gastric bypass patients where if they eat one little bite too much, they are puking everywhere. I don't... I Their don't, bodies just do it? Yeah. It, it gives like it all Like the back. surgery just does it? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And and that's one of the side effects that they have. They always end up having some issues with like acid reflux or heartburn or some kind of gastrointestinal issue. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. Um, what happens with me is if I eat too much too fast, it's like a stopped up sink. Mm-hmm. I have to literally wait for it to pass through my little bitty stomach. So it'll feel like it's sitting all right here. And you, with the normal stomach, will say, well, girl, it's stuck. I need to wash this down. Well, have you ever tried to pour liquid on top of a stopped-up sink? So now I got the liquid. Now it's sitting on top of the food because you because it, it won't go down. It won't stretch, though, because, you know, they say stomachs expand as they... The only time that I would, like, consistently have to drink, like, carbonated beverages for the bubbles to literally expand and stretch my, my stomach, but no. No, ma'am. Wow. Mm-mm. That's so interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, we talked about guts. <laughs> <laughs> so to shift gears again um, and bring it back to your career, ultimately, what do you what do you want to do with this comedy thing? Oh, man, I want to I want to do it all. I know. That, and that sounds crazy. But and I kept trying to narrow it down to think, OK, what is your long term goal? And I realized that I can't narrow it to a long term goal. Everything has to be short term because I want to tour. I definitely want to land a tour, whether it's, um, you know, first featuring and then my own tour, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, do I want to do movies? Probably. Probably. I think um, to be able to um, go around that whole spectrum of entertainment, I would love to do. I would love to be a talk show host. My ultimate dream, though, is to be a game show host. Oh, <laughs> I've always like, wanted, oh, like Ellen, like Ellen's game. Oh, show. Ellen game. Show. She oh, does have her own game God, show now. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, I'm so like if you and I my could, mom. My mom loves it. Oh, my God. If I could be Ellen, I think that would be dope. My mom kept saying, you need to be on this game show. You need to be on this game show. I was like, OK, mom, thank yeah. you. I'm going to call Ellen. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to see if she has a slot for me. Your mom's <laughs> dope. That's why. Because Ellen, <laughs> Ellen is dope. So, yeah, it, like I really would love to be. Um, a game show host, but all things entertainment, I, I don't really um, limit myself to anything. But if I wanted to focus, it would right now I would love to like land tour tour dates. What is something that's holding you back from doing that? What do you think? Um, I funny that I, I had that conversation. I said I wasn't going to bring up the whole Monique thing until you brought it up. Uh, <laughs> did I bring? Did I just no, bring, no, you didn't. That's why I said I wasn't going to bring it like, up. Did I just bring that up? No, I said I wasn't going to bring it up, but it kind of led into it because um, I was talking about the whole situation with Monique, and um, I was on Facebook Live, and I happened to have had a promoter. Um, who jumped on my live with me and I had him to confirm. I said, right now we're in the year of social media, which means that you have to be funny fast. So your people's attention span isn't like it used to be because now we can get the funny right now. Um, And promoters are not booking on funny first. It's asses and seats. Yeah. It's asses and seats. And so a lot of things I've been looked over for because my social media is not at 50,000 followers. Um, and, and he confirmed, he said, who's going to fill up the room? You know, can I get a person who is internet famous to fill up a room faster than you? Probably. Does that mean that they'll necessarily be funnier than you? No, but guess what? They're going to give me my return. And so I think right now living in, in, in the land of social media. It seems like a burnout though. It seems like a, like, like, like using those burnout phones where mm-hmm. you use it until it burns out and then you have mm-hmm. to ditch it and get a new one. It's like yep. a hustle almost. Yep. Because, I mean, I'm not saying that the people that are on social media aren't funny. No, I just think that. I just think that if you're looking for somebody to sustain a show for 45 minutes, you know. They're not going to give that to you. How do you get, you know. I They're not going no, to give it to you. I don't know if somebody from social media can give that to them. I'm just saying, like, shouldn't that be the promoter's concern is whether or not the people got what they paid for? Nope. <laughs> no, that that's used to be used to be. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's really all about popularity right now, which is the reason why Monique is only being offered five hundred thousand um, dollars, and Amy Schumer's getting thirteen. Amy Schumer sold out Madison Square Garden twice. Can and and Monique couldn't sell out the Horseshoe Casino, and her tickets were on Groupon. 
So they're not that they, they're not it's it's about your relevance right now. And so the reason that I'm not on any tours is one, I'm still kinda new and I haven't been in enough faces of the right people. They've um, been doing a lot of casting like that too. Um uh for like like Wildin' Out I think was a big one where mm-hmm. They were like letting go of people that were genuinely funny improv artists that were super funny, quick with their jokes, mm-hmm. but they only had two, three thousand followers yep. on Instagram or something. And then they had somebody else that had like two point five million and was like, and oh, was super mediocre. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what it is. I've been looked over on a couple of the different things um, that I wanted to do for that very reason. And they'll tell you that. But it's almost as if, you know, I, I feel like I want to say that I'm offended by it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm not, though, because I, I feel like in this day and age, there is an adjustment that has to take place. We do have to get up to speed on what social media means for the world right mm-hmm. now, period. Yeah. Like, oh, and, and, and old school artists can sit back and say, well, I'm originally funny or I, I got these skills. That's cool. But we're in a world of social media now. Absolutely. And that is how people are doing business. Absolutely. And that's what I told people. I was telling, you know, there's all this talk now. Um, especially around here, um, and when I say here, I mean Chicago, um, about how we're getting the internet comedians are now jumping on stage, but uh, we're not jumping in their lane. And my thing is, I just watched BET create an, an entire award show called Social, the Social Awards, where they're giving it to, so guess what? That's a sign of the times. Mm-hmm. What If you want to stay relevant, this is what you're going to have to do. Period. It, it is what it is. Now, they could never come um, and do another stand-up and they'll be okay because mm-hmm. stand-up is now like the vintage book. We, You know, you either turn in pages or now we're, we're on to Kindles. And you have people that's going to always love live comedy. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's a certain relevance that you need in order to fill the seats yeah. in those live comedy venues. Yep. And... Nowadays, if you're not doing something on social media, you're probably going to phase away. Yep. You can open. You yeah. can open for the person that's not funny. You can always you. have that club that you can go to because you yep. know the owner. Yep. But at the end of the day, you have to jump on social media. And so I'm not. I feel like if you don't have enough people saying that they're going to support that. Be careful about how fast you put it out. Then you need to, you know, then if you don't have enough people saying they're going to support that, then you need to be careful with what, or not even careful, you need to be cognizant of what you're requesting from people Mm -hmm. when they're investing in you. Absolutely. You know, because I can't go to somebody, I can't go to Netflix right now and ask them for, I can't go to Netflix right now and ask them for 20,000. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I don't have a fucking following to show that this is the support I'm going to get, or if they're investing in, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. invest, unless you have somebody that's strictly investing in talent. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this person's talented. But yep. if they're investing to get a, a return on their investment, mm-hmm. then they're going to invest in what is looking like it's going to make it. Absolutely. That's what the stock market. I mean, think about it. If you invest in a fucking stock, you're not going to look at one that looks like it's going down. You're going to probably look at one that looks like it's constantly going up. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know? And yeah, and that was, that was my only thing about it. And it's funny because I, I feel a certain way because Monique is... My favorite comedian. I love her. She's my absolute favorite. I love favorite. her. She's I my... love her, which is why I was I was a little hesitant to give an opinion. I, uh-huh. I just think that. Gosh, I've been trying not to talk on. Don't this Don't do it. Let me say this. I've been trying not to yeah, t- don't. speak on this because I just I just I'm I'm torn in so I many directions too. in in regards to it because I think that we are getting so caught up in what was. And we're not adjusting to what is. Mm -hmm. And it is so many ways to create your own platform. Kevin Hart is a fucking mastermind, a genius at what he did to create his own lane. Yep. His own way. He's like, if I want if I want X, Y, Z, then I'm going to have to create it in order to demand X, Y, Z. Nobody's going to just give it to me. And and it's and I don't see too many aside from the Internet people that we look at and say, oh, these fucking Internet comedians. They're the ones that's doing that yeah. right now. They they're creating the lane. They're yeah. creating the lane. They're saying, this is my brand. Hey, guys, watch my videos. You know you know what you're going to get out of my brand because mm-hmm. I'm giving it to you on a weekly basis or yep. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But you can't, there is no other way to do that other than online. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's it. Because that's, that's what it is. That's how you touch millions, millions. and millions in, 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 in seconds. Yep. Like that's. That's what it is. And my only thing was I do I absolutely agree that Monique is more than worth more than five hundred thousand dollars? Absolutely. But my thing is she Monique had two options. One would have been to say, 
you know what? I know my worth and I'll take it somewhere else. Thank you for the offer and find somewhere else to do it. Or take the 500000 blow that shit out of the water and be like, I told you, show, you so. And when somebody else get ready to offer, take your offer, you know, build it. Because that was her, to me, that was her in back to Hollywood. Yeah. That and was you know end. what? I actually, I like that answer. Mm-hmm. What you just said was so perfect for what is right now. Because... Yeah. You have two choices. You can take it with a grain of salt and say, this is what I want for my career and I'm going to show y'all asses. Yep. Or you can pout about it and make a big deal and make another dramatic ass perform issue. Yeah. Now now you're back in the news for the wrong reasons. Right. Or I'm not going to say for the wrong reasons because you're standing up for what you believe, but you're not, you're not gaining anything from exactly. it. Exactly. You cannot bully the people that are able to write you the checks into giving you what you want because you don't have that sort of relevance. Uh, to stand on at this very moment. Yeah. And that's really what it is. That's, yeah, Yeah. exactly. The relevance isn't there anymore. And 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 as much as we adore and love her, because she's an amazing performer, she's paved the way. I mean, mean, her getting an Oscar gave me so much life. Her being a a (laughs) plus-size stand-up comedian showing plus-size women that it's okay to be empowered and to be okay to be fat and be okay, you know, to love the skin that you're in and that we are, you know, that we were not less than anybody who didn't look like us it it made me love her exactly so it's not about her you know not being amazing it's about her being relevant exactly and that's, and that's all it goes back yeah. to is like are you relevant right now right mo come put me on i got you B. yeah <laughs> yeah man man yeah relevancy and social media is is where it's at yeah it's, and that's how it relates back to what you were saying to me. You know, why why haven't I done it yet? Because I, I'm not re- as relevant as I need to be right now. And I'm yeah. working on it by being right here with my girl, Kelly. Hey. Howard. And you know what? We're going to wrap on that. We're going to bring you to the final four and four, which is four questions in four minutes. Okay. Um, and so. Oh, that is pressure. Gee, let me turn my time right. on, too. You're going to get it. Because, you know, I'm long-winded like a preacher, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> in here. All right, and here we go. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Um, I would want to be able to um, probably be invisible. I want to be invisible because I want to be able to find all of the keys to the future and all of the keys and listen in on the good meetings and hear what my sons is talking about and go to the White House and figure out how to, <laughs> how to press it. Like, I would love to You just want to be nosy as fuck, basically. Ooh, I'm so nosy. <laughs> I'm my mama. You know I'm nosy as hell. So, yeah, I would love to be invisible. That would be dope. <laughs> That's funny. If you could talk to anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, that is a good question. Um, dead or alive. Uh, most people are going to expect for me to say my mom, but I'm not going to say my mom because we talked about everything. So, no. Um, mm, that's really good. Probably. Time is a ticking. I know. I know. Who would I want to talk to? Who would I want to talk to? Who would I want to talk to? It would probably be. Your time is a ticking. Probably. It would probably be uh, a famous comedian like a Red Fox or a Richard Pryor or something. Um, because I would love to sit back and hear some of the gems and, and things that they would have to say about comedy now. Honestly, I would love to talk to Richard Pryor. Yeah. Like Richard Pryor. I would love to just sit and fucking pick yeah. his brain. And Can you one... imagine like an old uncle? And that he would... has MS. So oh, what he, oh, pa- so what he didn't be... have, but he had when he passed away. So yeah. I would love to talk to him about that, too, and just what to expect. I mean, not that I don't know what that is anyway with the Internet, but yeah. just, it's like to hear it from him. Yeah. You know? Pre, with... pre uh, all of this new stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you could change anything in world history, what would you change and why? Oh, I would change definitely change uh, uh, women's voting rights. I think that it should have been that way in the beginning. I, actually, I think all voting rights. Um, should have never been a thing. I think that that would be pretty dope. Most people would say just slavery. I think slavery, while I absolutely would change it, I wouldn't want anybody to be slaves. It made us so such amazing, strong, dope people. You black know what people? I'm saying? Yeah, black people um, or anyone that has ever uh, had been to had yeah. to be enslaved. So I would I would say voting um, and that being a thing. All right. If you could go back and have a conversation with your 16 year old self. What would you say? I would have said, girl, you better tell him to put that condom on. Cause that's what I would have said, girl, for real. Because you I, had a baby at 16? I had a baby at 16 and one at 18. 
Oh, so you had two kids before you were. I had two kids before I was 20 years old. I was in my own apartment by the time I was 19. And then I went to Gremlin State and took my babies with me. I know. That's right. So you graduated from college? No, no. I just went down there and came back. (laughs) (laughs) I I went down there. It was fun. And then I came back. Yeah. But I, I definitely would have. Classic. Yeah. You I said, no, nah, I just went down no, there and came went back. But there. I took my babies, though. I yeah. ain't leaving with no babysitter. Yeah, no, I went to Grandma's <laughs> State. The game was fun. Homecoming was fun. <laughs> and then I came back. Then I drove back home. Yeah, but cold. that, I would definitely, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I really do think that my children grounded me and they helped me um, to become the mom that I am today. I definitely wouldn't have wanted to wait until I was super duper older to have kids. I had them at the right moment. Yeah. You know. So Sometimes it is cool to have kids when you're still learning because they they like you mm-hmm. said they help ground you they put you yeah. in a different like I, I i definitely feel like having a child changed just how i relate it to people you know yeah. how I de- like i you know before i was like the world revolves around me i just mm-hmm. had a very selfish way of thinking and mm-hmm. then when i had a kid it just started yeah, it to just, melt away because crazy? you don't really have a choice. The things that you used to be the daredevil about is like, oh, you cannot do that. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Oh, you can't say that. You can't do that. You know, and I was that person. Yeah. So, yeah, my kids are pretty dope. And now I get to get them back early. Like, karma came back around because now um, we all dress alike now. Corey 2.0 dressed just like the 21 <laughs> and 19-year-old. When I buy them some clothes. Oh, oh we did it. You did it. You were done anyway. Uh, yeah, we did it, though. So, yeah. Um, well, Corey, thank you for joining me. I cannot believe it's over already. We had so much fun. Yeah, we 51 minutes in. We did that. We did that. We did that. Tell, uh, tell my listeners how they can find you. All right, you guys. You can find me at the link office. on. Oh, okay. No, no, <laughs> what? No. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys, please follow me on all social media at uh, Snapchat and Instagram. It's at Corey B, C-O-R-R-E-Y, B is in baby. And on Facebook, I'm Corey Boyd Bell. I have to keep my maiden name um sometimes just in case i don't like my husband so <laughs> it depends on who i am that day but it's Corey boyd bell on um facebook and then at Corey b on face uh so uh, what am i saying instagram and snapchat also please look for me on wednesday nights on true tv right after impractical jokers and that is 10 p.m central standard time on laugh tracks laugh tracks it's on well it's on true tv as a station the name of the show is laugh track yeah you didn't say that uh, i did not and it's i okay. also didn't tell y'all about my sunday show Every Sunday yeah, in the South Chicago. Sub- yeah, if you're in Chicago, meet me in the South Suburbs. Every Sunday, there's an amazing show called So What Sundays in Calumet City. But you you can see that on my social media. Yay! Awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming in, man. I really appreciate you. I am really honored to be here from one sister to another. Thank you so much, and keep doing this, girl. You got that. Yes. <laughs> hey, y'all. Be sure to check out my website, KellyHoward.com. K-E-L-L-Y-E-H-O-W-A-R-D.com for shows because I am working. In fact. As of Thursday, I will be doing 12 straight shows nonstop every night. So that means that you need to be at one of them if you're in the city. All right, y'all. Talk to you later. Peace. I want to thank our sponsor, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both.